You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayne Roberts. This is Castle Ever After, a sequel set three years after the conclusion of Castle Charming. You can download a free copy of this novella from BookFunnel, which includes several bonus scenes that I wrote for my Kickstarter supporters back in 2020, which was a really long time ago. Chapter 4. Something borrowed, something chilly. Chase was sure he was being punished. Knowing his mother, it was probably for something quite different to what he imagined. An hour or so before he was supposed to formally meet the mothers of his intended and or possibly take ballroom dancing lessons, he hadn't been paying attention. He and Zed were shut in the gallery, with the stash of wedding presents, supposedly to make a list for thank you notes. Like Amira and her army of secretaries has not, had not been all over, cataloguing the tables of bronze amphorae and ceremonial swords as every item of tat came in from the various kingdoms. Oh yes, punished. At least it wasn't snowing anymore. Afternoon sunshine streamed through the giant arched windows. Summer sunshine for their summer wedding. Zed wasn't even pretending to work on the list. He sat on the steps at the far end of the gallery looking sick. Chase made his way over, giving a kick to a giant stuffed unicorn from the Kingdom of Meriton on his way, because he had to kick something and it wasn't a good look to go around pummeling the man you were supposed to marry. Do you think... said Zed, and then stopped. Oh no, spit it out, said Chase. What do you have to say? He knew what Zed was going to say, knew what he'd been thinking. They'd both been thinking it. But Chase was never going to say it because he didn't want to be alone again. Do you think we're making a terrible mistake? asked Zed. It didn't hurt any less because Chase had seen it coming. He let out a long breath. We made a deal, he said, knowing he sounded pathetic. Don't do this, don't leave me. I know, but... Everything's going wrong. One kidnapping, said Chase, flailing a bit. There used to be Wednesday around here. Is this about Cyrus? No, said Zed. His dark eyes meeting Chase's and holding. Of course this isn't about Cyrus. Chase had to get out of here. He didn't want to hear Zed being reasonable and sensible. He didn't want to hear anything he had to say. They should have come to get us by now, he muttered, and marched off, walking the length of the long table covered with ridiculous, useless, glossy gifts from kings and princes and marchionesses and bloody sultans he'd never heard of. The door was stuck. Had his mother gone so far as to lock them in? He was not a child. Chase yanked harder on the door, twisting the doorknob. Finally, it flung open and there was a rattling sound as... Whatever had been blocking the door came free. Chase stared. He felt Zed come up behind him. Is that... I don't know what the hell it is, said Chase. It should have been the ballroom, on the other side of that door, and beyond that, the entrance hall of Castle Charming. The ballroom was not there. Instead, it was a tunnel, thick with snow and ice. 
On the ground, dotted here and there, were tiny coloured tubes that sparkled with granulated sugar. On the floor, crumpled in a heap, was Sergeant Jack. She sparkled too, like she was frozen solid. Chase's heart was in his throat. He couldn't move, and he couldn't bear to touch her. It was Zed who checked her for a pulse and tried to move her rigid hair from falling into her eyes. It's an enchantment, said Zed finally. No shit, said Chase, when he could find his words. Is she dead? I don't think so. Which, of course, meant they had no way of knowing. Jack, she must have been guarding the door to stop them escaping. How stupid was that? Obviously, if he wanted to escape, he'd have gone out the window. Jack should know that. Chase pulled his eyes from his frozen friend and took a few steps down the ice and sugar tunnel, which definitely had not been there half an hour ago. Did we run away to rescue Cyrus without noticing? He looked back and saw Zed rise up from Jack's side, dark-eyed and grave and still stupidly handsome, of course, framed by the gallery that completely belonged to Castle Charming. Wedding presents on tables, sunshine streaming through the window. Your mother is definitely blaming you for this, said Zed. But at least there was warmth in his voice, a hand brushing chasers. They were up shit creek, but they were there together. Chase nodded slowly. Okay, grab some swords from the gift table. We'll write the thank you notes extra big if we end up using them to fight whatever's at the end of this tunnel. Good plan, said Zed, always full of energy when there was a monster to fight or a party to plan. He bounded back into the room, seized the two most dramatic-looking swords, and returned to Chase's side like the hero he was. Something horrible and selfish pushed down inside Chase, thought, as long as we're in danger, he won't leave me. This was still Castle Charming, which was bewildering, because also it wasn't. Every time Chase started to think that he was right the first time, and they'd been magically transported to that mysterious castle in the mountains where his brother was in danger, he would spot something familiar, a portrait or a doorway that told them they'd never left home. Nothing was in the right place, and everything was made of snow, or sweets, or both, but it was still here and not there. The worst part was when they came around the curve of the staircase to find a bright, gleaming floor of ice where the kitchens should be. Here were half the castle's staff, frozen in the act of preparing the dishes for the reception to meet Chase's new mother's-in-law. Far more complex dishes than the tea and sandwiches his mother had suggested. Most of them desserts. The air stung with icy cold and crystallised sugar. No. The worst part was when they tunnelled their way out of the familiar yet unfamiliar frozen kitchen to slide down into a frozen courtyard, and there was his own mother, Queen Ella, rigid and cold in her ceremonial armour. Really, was she planning to wear that to the reception? Why was her favourite helm studded with pear drops and rose fondant? Why was her entire sword coated in a thin layer of dark chocolate? Why did everything smell of violet creams? For Prince Chase, who never coped well with being abandoned, 
This was a waking nightmare. His brother was gone, and he wasn't allowed to help. His home was horribly unfamiliar. His best friend and his mother were frozen, not dead. Definitely frozen, not dead. Everything he knew had disappeared from under his feet. If not for Zed's comforting presence, he'd be a wreck right now. We have to get out of here, Chase said, looking away from his enchanted mother. Before whatever spell this is gets us too. Zed's mouth was thin and uncompromising. How do you suggest we do that? There used to be a path out of the castle walls over there, but I don't see it now. I don't know. Chase wanted to rage or cry. He wanted to give up and sink into the icy spell, becoming just another sugary statue. Let someone else save the day. He was done. A burst of cold smacked him in the back of the head. Zed stared at him in amazement and then tipped his head up. Amira leaned out of an upper window, her dark hair uncharacteristically wild and tangled around her face. Is anyone else alive? she yelled down. They're not dead. They can't be. They're enchanted, Chase called up irritably. Did you just throw a snowball at my head? Seemed warranted. Get up here. I have something you need to see. It's a labyrinth of snow and spells back there, said Zed. We'll never reach you. Amira rolled her eyes. As ever, she was the person least impressed by the royal family of Charming. You'll definitely never get here if you don't even try. Come on, it's important. Where's here? Chase asked. A wild spark of hope warmed him that someone other than he and Zed had escaped the spell. Not sure, said Amira. I think it's the library, but also your mother's bathroom and some kind of lolly factory. But I got here off the second floor landing. Chase headed back inside, with Zed close at his heels. They'll be all right, Zed said, in a low voice. Spells can be broken. We know that better than most. Shut up, Chase muttered. Jax is an icicle, and all my siblings are out there somewhere in danger. Don't promise things or try to be comforting. It doesn't help. Zed huffed in exasperation. Because trying to comfort you is the worst thing I could do. I didn't say that. They found a mess of stairs and tunnels, and persevered far longer than they might have without the prospect of Amira mocking them for their failure. In truth, they only got turned around a few times before they reached the right landing and started trying doors until they located the right room. It was like all the bathrooms in the castle had been amalgamated with an extra helping of marble and mirrors. Familiar walls from the library, which should be a few floors higher up, were distracting, but useless, because the books were all frozen into the shelves. They had to step around three different baths to reach a mirror, who stood between several mirrors. Took your time, she noted. I can't believe people have written ballads about you two. Would you prefer we scaled the wall? snapped Chase. Might have been more efficient. Look, would you? This was what Chase had been searching for. In all their wanderings around the invaded by magic again, snow and sugar version of Castle Charming. A way through to that other castle, where the real rescue attempt was happening. Only, it wasn't a path or a tunnel or a door. It was a mirror. 
Through it, they could see inside a winter castle of snow and sweets. They looked a lot more real and solid than their own muddled version. Chase spotted tiny figures that were familiar. Dennis with Zee, Camilla waving her arms around, Kai with a bunch of strange blokes who all looked like Dennis, plus two women and a cat. There were soldiers everywhere, bright in blue and gold and scarlet, standing guard over Chase's family and friends. There was something odd and inhuman about their faces, painted like toys. In the middle of it all, Cyrus, wearing the kind of vintage formal wear he hated, a cruel twist to his mouth. He looked glamorous and powerful, not at all like himself. Chase wanted to punch his way through the mirror and bring them all home, but home wasn't safe anymore. What's wrong with him? he asked. I've written a lot of features about mountain gods over the years, said Amira. They were always popular in the newspapers for a slow news week. All the stories about the Snow Queen are pretty much the same. She steals her new favourites, freezes their hearts, turns them against family and friends and lovers, transforms them into her servants, toy soldiers and rats and dancing nutcrackers. Eventually, they die or get rescued. She gets bored or vanquished, disappears until next time. How do they get rescued? asked Zed, arrowing in on the most important question. Fairy tale rules, said Amira, impatient with him. Warmth and love, acts of sacrifice. The pregnant girlfriend drags her fella off his horse and hangs on tight. The plucky best friend's kiss melts the boy's heart. It's you then, said Chase. Amira threw up her hands. You're such a coward. What does that mean? I'm not in love with your brother, Chase. He's not in love with me either. We were finished ages ago, and it was only ever casual. Fear rose up in Chase's chest, immobilising him. Are you sure? I think I'd have noticed if I was involved in some epic romance. Why not? He felt oddly defensive of his brother, who was far less damaged than Chase, and should definitely have someone in love with him by now. Amira sighed. I don't know. Life doesn't always work that way. Our feelings for each other are not scorching enough to beat a god with ice powers. She crossed her arms, looking grouchier than usual. I thought you of all people would understand the value of convenience over epic romance. Chase glared back at her. What's that supposed to mean? He knew what she meant. Shut up, both of you said Zed, sounding weary. It's you, Chase. Cyrus doesn't need a pregnant girlfriend of destiny to pull him off his metaphorical snow horse. He has a twin brother who loves him. You chump. We just have to get you there. Chase hesitated. What if I'm not enough? Zed let out a strangled groan and reeled him in, pressing an impatient kiss to his forehead. His mouth was like summer, warming Chase all the way through. Of course you're enough. That's not even a question. The question is, is this mirror magical enough to travel through? Because last time I did that, I lost my body for several days. Okay, said Amira. 
neither of you gets to be in charge of this rescue mission. She leaned into the mirror, swearing beneath her breath. What is that? Is that her? A majestic figure appeared behind Cyrus, a lady dressed in a pink gown covered in crystals, either diamonds or sugar, that went on forever. Her hair was golden and sparkly. She placed a delicate hand on Cyrus's shoulder and pressed a kiss to his cheek. He leaned into her touch as if she meant something to him, as if he was exactly where he wanted to be. As they watched, the woman transformed. There was a sound like tearing skin and crackling flames, which they should not be able to hear through a mirror. Once her transformation was complete, she was still golden and sparkly and looked like she'd been moulded from porcelain and sugar craft, but she was no longer shaped like a person. In all that research of yours, said Chase, his voice trembling so hard he could barely form the words, do you remember any stories where the Snow Queen turns into a dragon? No, said Amira, equally rattled. No, that's new. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Twitter at TansyRR or at Sheep Might Fly. Find me on Facebook at TansyRR Books. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of cool rewards, early ebooks, and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. See you next week. Thank you.